0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. I am Lilac Boots and this is the scroll. Wow, it's been a minute. Uh apologies about that. Had to deal with some personal things, work things, which is lit by the way, and other things. Uh this is gonna be a special episode. Format is gonna be a little different because I'm gonna say the general news and then it's all hands on deck. Now first up. Uh, PS5 and PS4 just lost an exclusive game to Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and Xbox Series S. On two separate occasions this year, ComicBook.com reported on Scuttlebutt that 2021 PlayStation console exclusive Oddworld Soulstorm was set to shed its console exclusivity and come to Xbox consoles. This week, this was finally confirmed by developer Oddworld Inhabitants, though right now there's no word when exactly this will happen. What Xbox fans did get is a teaser trailer that accompanied the news. Oddworld Soulstorm debuted back on April 6th via the PS4, PS5, and the PC. Um, through the Epic Games Store, at launch, the PS5 version of the game was notably free for PlayStation Plus subscribers. While we now have word of an Xbox version, there's still no word of the game coming to Nintendo Switch, Steam, or any other platforms. At release, Oddworld Soulstorm failed to make a mark, seemingly falling up short commercially and landing at Metacritic scores of 68 and 73, depending on the platform. It's been a while since Oddworld was an industry leader in the critical space, but even by the series' more recent standards, these scores aren't great. As for the game itself, it's a platformer, and a sequel to 2014's Oddworld New and Tasty, and a reimagining of 1998's Oddworld Abe's Exodus. A quick official blurb of the game. Oddworld Soulstorm is the evolutionary story of a revolution, reads an official, uh, excuse me. Um, statement about the game, explore massive cinematic scale in 2.9D environments filled with breathtaking visuals, scavenge for supplies, craft weapons, arm your followers, solve puzzles, and learn Abe's true destiny while safely delivering all of 1,000 followers to freedom. Failure means the eradication of his entire species. Ready or not, the entire fate of the Muticon species is in Abe's and your hands. For all my uh, Dragon Age homies, warning, if you did not play Dragon Age Inquisition, spoilers ahead. Um, Bioware has only confirmed a few main details about Dragon Age 4 so far. Players will be traveling to the far north of Thedas, where the sprawling Tevinter Imperium operates under the iron-fisted rule of a mage upper class that isn't above using blood magic and slavery to consolidate its power. There they will fight Solus, the Dread Wolf of Dayless Legend who has returned to tear down the veil he once created to separate the material world from the magical realm of the Fade. Dragon Age, like most Bioware series, is known for its followers. Dragon Age 4's premise may be compelling, but it's unlikely to stick the landing without an interesting cast of companion characters surrounding the player. The marketing materials released so far have given some clear hints about just who some of the characters might be and the groups they represent. Here's a few Dragon Age 4 companion Bioware, uh, excuse me, a few Dragon Age 4 companions Bioware has hinted at so far. Uh, Varric um is the only previous companion character that Bioware has unambiguously confirmed to be returning in the next game. This won't come as a surprise to many Dragon Age fans. Varric has been a franchise mainstay since Dragon Age 2 and Drywooded Dwarf is a fan favorite. In Dragon Age 4's Game Awards 2020 trailer, Varric narrates, We've got your back, I've got your back, Demons, Dragons, Darkspawn, even the Dreadwolf. With a new protagonist taking the reins, Varric could be a vital connection to Solas in the events of Inquisition, where both the dwarf and the Dreadwolf were followers. Last players left Varric, he had been elected the Viscount of Kirkwall, the city state setting of Dragon Age 2. Whether he will hold that title during the events of the next game remains to be seen, but fans can expect Varys and his crossbow, Bianca, to be making their triumphant return in Dragon Age 4. A character named Davern was confirmed uh, to have a role in Dragon Age 4 when Bioware dropped an official behind-the-scenes trailer at Gamescom 2020. Part of that teaser showed voice actor Ike Amadi recording some of his lines for Davern. While the character hasn't been confirmed as a follower, it seems unlikely that the teaser would have spotlighted him if he wasn't. It also revealed a few key details about his character. Davern is a Grey Warden. The line Amani delivers is, For the Wardens, and his role as a Warden could be particularly interesting in Dragon Age 4. The Silent Plains are in the south of Tevinter, and were the location of the final battle of the First Blight, where the first Grey Wardens defeated the first Archdemon. The area's Dalish tribes were in contact with the Dread Wolf while he was still wandering the Fade. It's likely that the Veil is thin in a place where so much blood was shed, and a conspicuous spot on the map named Solus hints that it could play a big role. The Darkspawn have their oranges in the Fade when the Magister Sid- uh, Sadriel first breached the Veil. So Solus' plans could reveal a lot about the Blight, and by extension, Grey Wardens like Davern themselves. The other character spotlighted in the behind the scenes trailer is named Bolara, voiced by Ji Young Han. In the trailer she delivers the line, no, 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 that's okay, that's the good kind of rumble. Unlike Daverin however, the character's lines don't give much away when it comes to her character's origins. Based on the character's American accent, she's unlikely to be from one of the usually European accented countries in Thedas like Orlais or Navara, but beyond that much remains to be revealed. There are a few pieces of Dragon Age 4 concept art which hit at some of the other followers' characters might have in the game. One piece shows the silhouettes of 8 characters, almost certainly the player's companions. One of those characters is clearly a female Kunari, and a female Kunari also appears in another piece of art revealed so far. Five of the companions could be humans or elves, though the visibly round ears on the figure standing third from the left indicates a human companion. One of the characters appears to be holding a weapon over their shoulder which resembles a rifle, which could be a first in the Dragon Age universe. Tevinter has already been shown to be more advanced in the south, which magical store signs and floating palaces. That same figure with the gun-like weapon is slightly stouter than the others and could be the first female dwarf companion in the series. Perhaps most interesting is the figure on the far right of the piece, whose face is covered by what looks like a strange green flame. This character could be an executor. The executors were introduced in Inquisition only as a shadowy group representing unknown powers across the sea. It isn't known if they're a separate race or if they're made up of members of other races. Depending on the Inquisitor's choices, some Inquisition agents might disappear. With the executors sending a letter to the inquisitors saying that their agents left voluntarily to join a higher cause, this could imply that they're made up of multiple races. Um, I personally think they're made up of mul- multiple races as well. I don't see anything about them um, from inquisition inquisition that made them think um, that made them think that it's just one race. I mean, several people have claimed um, that they were joining them and left so. Yeah, we'll see. Um, in uh, Dragon Age Vinter Nights, an executor appears with their face covered, and their voice is said to evade identification by either gender or age. The flame over this character's face could be a realization of that same concept once their mask is revealed. Another piece of Dragon Age 4 concept art shows what looks like a skeletal mage with a similar green globe around their face, so it's also possible that this is related to some sort of necromancy practiced in Tevinter. While the exact lineup of Dragon Age 4's followers has yet to be confirmed, it does seem to contain more firsts than Dragon Age Inquisition explored. The journey they will accompany the player on, however, has yet to be revealed. Dragon Age 4 is in development. Next, um, so Stardew Valley... Uh, has always been considered a calm, relaxing game, inviting players into a more peaceful world of farming, fishing, and vivid romances. Some talented fans, however, have inspired the community to take things to the next level. Stardew Valley Esports. Eric Concerned Ape Barone, the game's creator, announced the first official Stardew Valley Cup on his Twitter today. Four teams made up of the game's most dedicated players will compete for a $40,000 prize pool on September 4th. Speedruns are common in the Stardew Valley community and unofficial competitions like the 2019 Twitch Rivals Stardew Valley Challenge have pushed players to see the chill farming sim in an entirely different way. This event will be considered the first official competitive outing for the game. Instead of playing for speed or completion, teams in the Stardew Valley Cup will compete in challenges to earn points and rise up the leaderboard. Co host Unsurpassable Z came up with nearly 100 challenges and posted a video to inform competitors what they'll be working with. High point challenges include finishing rooms in the community center, while medium point challenges revolve around giving characters their favorite items at specific times. Sixteen of the scene's top players have formed teams, each named after an NPC and an in-game item, that will throw down for the $40,000 prize pool. Albino Liger, who won the 2019 Twitch Rivals competition, will be competing on Team Pam's Yams. The action begins on September 4th at 11 a.m. Central and will be hosted by Concerned Ape and Unsurpassable Z on the latter's Twitch channel. And finally, you can't deny that Quake made a mark on the gaming industry when it was released back in the 90s. ID Software took the polished gameplay of Doom and built upon it in every way. Quake offered players a dark fantasy world to explore with full real-time 3D rendering, intense first-person shooter action, and even online multiplayer. You could even say it paved the way for online games such as Unreal Tournament. Now, if all of what I just said washed over you like a wave of pure nostalgia, let me tell you that you can relive those glory days right now. Just, you know, in 4K resolution. Announced during QuakeCon, this remaster includes the entire campaign, including the original three expansions and a brand new one, with local or online 4 player co-op that's cross-platform so PC can play with console and vice versa. It will also include the badass original soundtrack and theme song by Trent Reznor and Nine Inch Nails. As for the classic multiplayer, this remaster will feature arena matches for 8 players online or 4 players locally. If you're interested in playing one of the best first-person shooter games ever, Quake Remaster is now available on PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch for $9.99. If you already own Quake on Steam or Bethesda.net, you're in luck because the upgrade to this remaster will be free for you. According to Bethesda, at some point in the future, we will see enhanced editions on PS5 and Xbox Series X slash S as a free upgrade. Fingers crossed that we get a remaster of Quake 2 in the future too. That's all I have for uh, the general news, Um, and I'll be right back with um, basically why the format's going to be a little bit different today. I'm going to get right into it with the shits. We'll be right back. Alright, now, I want to get into why I needed to come back this week. Uh, You know, I feel like I've been really humble, really, really calm about the touchy-feely nigger trade that goes on in the game industry. And I don't want to hear boots you all in out or none of that, because this is ridiculous. Because it's really worth run ruined half of you niggas lives over. I want to take it way back to Gamergate, because I feel like a lot of you sweaty niggas got away with that shit too. August 2014. Game developer Zoe Quinn, Rihanna Wu, and feminist media critic Arnita Sarkeesian. I remember this incident very well as I wrote a think piece on this subject while I was still in school. So incident in question I'm talking about is Gamergate. Here's some quick facts about it before I lay into the two losers who caught my attention this week. So an independent game developer named Zoe Quinn created Depression Quest. It's a text-focused game designed to convey the experience of depression through a series of fictional scenarios. It was based on their own experience. Uh, it received positive reviews from game media. However, it received, excuse me, it also received online backlash from you sweaty losers just because it didn't have Quentin Tarantino's level of violence. Quinn was subjected to several months of harassment after its release, including rape and death threats over a fucking game they documented the harassment they received and spoke openly to the media which led to even more intense uh threats with them um about them including the posting of their home address they had to flee their house for fear of safety um zoe quince punk ass ex wrote a disrespectful ass blog post about them and then users online started using uh the hashtag gamergate um falsely accused them of an unethical relationship with journalist nathan grayson first of all let me tell you something about that that man before they even dated that man never commented on anything she did he had referenced something that she um created in one of his posts but that was that subject was in about an entirely different game so once again you sweaty morons are wrong um they repeatedly oh i'm sorry just so i know um just so well just so you know zoe quinn goes by they them pronouns so when i i'm saying they i'm talking about um zoe quinn so uh they repeatedly received harassing phone calls their dad was getting phone calls saying they were a whore and they were also sent um no excuse me nude photos of them were sent to their colleagues that's one brianna Wu. so let's see multiple tweets about this incident from you sweaty Gamergate dickheads. Let's see. Received multiple and specific rape and death threats, which included her home address, which caused her to flee her home. She also received emails containing images of mutilated dogs following the recent death of her dog. Last, but definitely not least, Anita Sarkeesian. Scholar. Began a YouTube series called "Tropes Versus Women in Video Games." Discussed the damsel in distress trope, which not also only just for the record doesn't only happen in video games; it happens in all media. Okay, but she was being very specific in her research. This triggered a campaign of uh, sexist harassment, which again including. Uh, included rape, threats, and death threats. Her Wikipedia article was vandalized with racial slurs and sexual images, and she was sent drawings of herself being raped by video game characters. Now, now that you have some background on what the fuck these assholes do to people, let's get back to these dickheads. Hang on one second. Okay. So, now, the most recent gaming asshole who decided to not keep his hands to himself is a gamer called Heavily Controller. He's 26 years old, he's from Long Beach. Okay. Now, he's been accused of allegedly, allegedly, sexually assaulting a number of women. Now, he vehemently denies all of that. However his musty friend named Long Beach Griffey, if you're now familiar with him, he's a not funny comedian online who likes to uh, make little stupid uh, posts. And what he did was he uploaded a video titled, How Feminists Claim Sexual Assault, right after his so and. In- so-called friend was um, accused. Of course it's not been deleted because it caused uproar on Twitter as fans claimed that he was making fun of sexual assault victims which I also believe he was doing but listen he's legitimate scum. He's trying to hold sexual assault victims accountable i don't understand how these people just keep getting away with this why can't you people just keep your fucking hands to yourselves i don't understand why this is like a whole entire thing and also let me just explain that i also feel like you know the me too movement sort of just skipped over the gaming industry especially when the majority of the gaming industry is run by men so all i'm gonna do is i'm just gonna leave it there because Every single one of you assholes who's ever sent harassment, um, and rape threats to people just for sharing an opinion, you deserve what you get. Also, I know all y'all are not really about the shit because the two people that did that shit to, uh, Brianna, Wu, well, one, two of them got caught, excuse me, three of them got caught by the FBI. Two of them immediately confessed to what they did. The third one tried to act like, oh, well, it was a joke. Well, of course, you're gonna start crying now that the FBI's at your fucking house. And also, um, this dickhead, um... heavenly controller that also just recently um got accused of sexual assault you can eat a dick too because i don't understand why you can't keep your fucking hands to yourself so that's it um i have nothing else to say i just feel like this has been Rehashed over and over again only different reason. I felt like I needed to say something is because I feel like in the gaming industry This doesn't really get talked about because like I said it's mostly men that's running it Um, you see this issue that's going on with riot games now. Um It's just a mess, okay You got this fucking dickhead from um goddamn Bethesda. Um, excuse me, not Bethesda, Activision Blizzard who had to step down because of that bullshit I mean, it's just a whole bunch of touchy-feely bullshit going on and I had enough Good night.